Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Welcome. I hope you are happy, joyous, and free, and that you have discovered we do not need to kill to survive. Indeed, that the best way to have a long, healthy life is not to kill, to eat fruits, vegetables, nuts, and grains. So we have a very exciting, exciting program for you today. And we've got some powerhouses in the house. I am going to introduce right this second the incredible dynamos. We are talking to Melissa Breslow of VegFest LA, Joshua Awesome of Kindly Thrive, and he does a heck of a lot of VegFest, and Jenny B. Jones of the Central Coast VegFest. So what is happening, people? What's going to happen with COVID-19 uh, basically paralyzing our veg fests. You can't have veg fests when we're in a situation where we have to maintain social distancing and we have to wear masks and we can't be touching other people's food and trading. And it's, what are we going to do? Jenny Jones, I want to start with you. Central Coast Veg Fest, what has happened? You got your veg fest in right before COVID hit. Yeah, and I won't even comment about whether we were, you know, COVID happened right after our VegFest. We were very lucky to have a successful VegFest for our third year. I've already received information from the venue that uh, an event of our size won't be invited. We were more than invited back for 2021, and now we're told "Ah, we just can't host a large public event like that for 2021, given the state of California's guidelines right now. Uh, You know, the question of what is the future of VegFest is the same question as what is the future of the pandemic and the regulations for large scale events. So I like the question you asked, Jane, about what do we do next? Not so much what's the future of VegFest, because no one really knows that answer. I I mean, I have my personal opinion that when public gatherings are allowed again, people will be at them with a vengeance. I mean, it'll be even more popular. It'll be even more uh, exciting to be at a VegFest post-COVID than right now. But uh, we don't know what that timeline is. So the question is, what do we do today? What do we do in the next 12 months? And what what kind of things are we thinking about in terms of um, outreach, but also for me, it's you know, veg fests are about exposing people who may not have had any exposure. It's, a, it's basically a vegan trade show, so you're getting a lot of um, exciting information for people who may not know anything about veganism or plant-based living. So uh, that I think has happened. I think people are interested and looking. Now I see a gap between people who are looking and what are they finding as resources and a space 
for them to actually enter into this new lifestyle that they're being called to 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 do. So, okay, let's hit Melissa Breslow. You are on the board of VegFest LA. Full disclosure, so am I, and so is Joshua Awesome. <laughs> um, but we've done a virtual VegFest LA. One of the issues with that is it's fantastic, but the space is getting saturated. I am going to virtual pop-ups, virtual conferences, virtual this, that, and the others. And so um, what are your thoughts, Melissa? So I actually feel very opposite of Jenny. Um, I think that the I think that veganism has been growing, and in LA, I feel like we're the mecca, one of the main hubs. And so, whereas VegFest LA is, where I think this is, would be our nineteenth year, um, so, and I've been involved for over eight years. And so, doing it year after year, I feel like there is. From when I started, we were one of the only events. And I mean, 19 years ago, we were the only event. And now LA is flooded with events. It is so competitive now. It's it's almost gotten like nasty. It's like, oh my God, you so there's multiple huge events in the same weekend. It's become really competitive anyways. So I think that bringing it online, for me, has been doing it for so long, gives me a nice rest. But also the people who are like, yeah, I'm going to go to VegFest LA and then day of are like, oh, I'm just going to hang home. Now they, everybody can tune in from their home. So I feel like we can reach so many more people. And I also think um, that it's, it's nice because now we can do it monthly. And I do think that once it's safe to come out of COVID again, you know, from COVID again. Whenever for, that's going to be, that's yeah. part of the problem. I, I personally how can, think how can they How can they plan? How I personally plan? think it's going to be many years, and I think it's going to be years. And even when it is safe, I'm not going out. I'm not going to be one of the first people to test it out and see if it breaks out again. Um, I'm actually loving being home, and I'm loving that there's – so many events I want to go to and so many festivals that I just can't physically get up and drive around to everything. And it's such a schlep and the parking is insane that now I can just tune on and I online and I've been having a blast enjoying all the festivals online. And I also love that I can watch it from bed. I can be sitting in my kitchen like you can be naked. Uh, yeah, I love it. I mean, who knows who's wearing pants right now? None of us. So it's like the best thing. All right. Let um, me get so Josh enjoying it. Yeah. Let me get Joshua awesome. Joshua, tell us where you're based. Okay. So Jenny Jones is Central California. Melissa is Los Angeles. And where are you and how many VegFests are you involved in? What's the big picture? Uh, I'm involved with about a dozen across the country. Um, and I live in Spokane, Washington. So beautiful Spokane. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Ah, so, well, the reality is we're stepping into this whole new world. We are stepping into the new vegan world. It's, there's nothing stopping it. Uh, the fact that this has become such an epidemic is making the reality that we have to stop eating animals. Uh, there's no other choice. Uh, and so uh, we are kind of the beginning of this beautiful movement. And little by little, we're going to need a lot more uh, events, be them virtual or physical in some new way we don't know what exactly is going to be uh, to help support this growing community uh, that is becoming our world this new vegan world so yeah so okay so you're seeing it as a big positive the coronavirus and I seesaw 
By the way, here's my co-host, Little Rico, my rescue from Puerto Rico through All Sato's Rescue. He gets very mad and he calls his agent if I don't have um, <laughs> if I don't have him here. He, he does. And then I rescued it. I fostered another dog during the crisis, Tiny Dancer, who is now part of our family. But um, when he sees me hold up Tiny Dancer, stink eye. And literally, he's on the phone to his agent immediately. So... Um, <laughs> Let me say this. I vacillate. Um, I do believe with Dr. Silas Rao that this is nature giving an intervention, having an intervention on humanity and saying, you've been terrible. Go to your rooms. Think about what you've done and either come out as a more evolved species or you're finished. We've got other pandemics on the horizon. Swine flu is on the horizon in China. Avian flu is cropping up. The commonality is humans' abuse of animals in food system and wildlife trade, but primarily in the food system. So you're absolutely right, Joshua. This is nature saying you got to go plant-based because you're destroying the natural world. You're creating pandemics because of your, um, your species' arrogant and entitled attitude toward other species and regarding them as commodities that you can just pick up and destroy at will. So I agree. However, by the same token, a lot of the infrastructures that we've built up to try to show people this in a palatable fashion and allow them to um, kind of get this wake-up moment, uh, vegan restaurants, veg fests, they're in crisis right now. Uh, so a couple of things that I've been doing through Jane Unchained News Network, which is a 501c3, We've created plantbasedneighbor.com. Uh, right now, it's a website. It's going to be an app soon. I'm going to put it in the uh, comment section. You can go to plantbasedneighbor.com, sign up, and you can basically meet up with uh, other um, vegans in your neighborhood, but we're not aiming to be an exclusive club. We want to bring other people in as well. There it goes. Can't talk and, and type at the same time. I put it in, plantbasedneighbor.com. You sign up, you put in your photo. It does not reveal your address, obviously. It just shows the community you live in, and you can connect with other vegans in your neighborhood, and also you can help mentor those who are on the journey or veg curious. So I think it's very important for us to use technology, uh, including Zoom, including uh, virtual veg fests, uh, but also connecting in any way we can with apps. So sign up to plantbasedneighbor.com. So we have that. Uh, we also have Support and Feed, which is an incredible organization that Maggie Baird, who happens to be Billie Eilish's mother, created where um, you donate to Support and Feed. Support and Feed gives money to vegan restaurants. Vegan restaurants make food that's then delivered Vegan food, healthy, nutritious, vegan superfood delivered to those in need, hungry children, senior centers, etc., homeless uh, shelters. So there are mechanisms that are popping up. We, uh, by the way, on Amazon Prime, we have support and feed. You go to Amazon Prime, you put in support and feed, and our shows come up where we highlight the chefs who are part of support and feed making incredible food. So I think we're all thinking outside of the box, Jenny Jones, but... Your Veg Fest in Central Coast Veg Fest is so, um, it's just so fun. I would drive up there and it was a giant party. And all these people who'd never really 
experience, not activists, but just people who live in that region. What, what is it? San Luis Obispo just sort of come in and next thing you know, they're enjoying plant-based food and they're hearing about all the health benefits and they walk out pretty much veganized. What are we going to do to make up for that? Right. Jen. So, you know, the pleasure of the VegFest is exactly that. It's, it's hitting people who, not hitting people, but it's, it's um, attracting people who are, uh, you know, just curious, veg curious. And what we saw as a result in the last three years in our, in our small community of San Luis Obispo is more and more vegan restaurants popping up new restaurants new menus like entirely new vegan menus in existing restaurants and entirely new restaurants happening which was so exciting and then covid hit and i'm hoping that they're surviving we're trying to support them everyone but what you're talking about i think that the plantbasedneighbor.com is a great idea and um, what i'm experiencing in lockdown um along the lines of what melissa said about wow there's so much opportunity that doesn't involve me going out of the house and involves me connecting with people where I'm at around the country, even around the world. And the model I really like, and I've, I've been working with this off and on for gosh, probably the past 10 years, which is somehow, some way creating, um, uh, creating a, a support group for people who are veg curious or a vegan anywhere along, because even those of us who've been vegan for a long time now, we know that it's, it's always evolving. You know, I went from being a junk food vegan. Now I'm like really into sprouting. You know, like there's always the newness. Um, I just got an air fryer. That's new. I mean, I want to learn about air frying and vegan air. Fry, you know, and then I meet people who are, Oh yeah, I've been doing that for five years. Well, we're so really finding, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. So that's what I'm hoping to see is, is a cadre of vegan, you know, not teachers, but peers, just a co colleagues, sort of like plant-based neighbor, but online where it's not necessarily uh, zip code oriented, but it is um, according to your interest. So they're like, it's kind of like a 12-step meeting paradigm where you have phone-in or Zoom-in meetings, and there are people from all around the world and they're topic-based or they are, but you just kind of attend and through that you gain community, you gain the information because I know for myself, it wasn't until I met another vegan who was willing to sort of tutor me. I mean, I was vegetarian for 10 years and then the last couple of years of that, I wanted to be vegan, but it didn't happen until I had someone show me, you know, look, I'm vegan. I don't eat butter. You can do that. You will, you won't die. So having that person to person contact where it's not just me passively on a screen watching, but I'm actually interacting kind of like we're doing right now. There's a difference between listening in and being able to ask a question and get an answer to your question. That's not typed. And that is a human being who maybe even you could contact after the meeting. So that's All what right, I so think. Yeah, I mean, look, I think what's happening online is fantastic, but you can't eat food online. And there's a certain also, you know, one dimensionality or two dimensionality to it. It's not that that connection that you get at VegFest. I mean, I have met so many people who've become really good friends and just meeting them for five minutes at a VegFest, seeing the product that they've made. Um, what you speak the about the product, a lot of these vegan vendors 
VegFest is their only outlet other than online. Mm -hmm. So well, what are we going to do to keep them alive? It's a very good question. Any well, ideas, Melissa? It's, it's actually your idea, Jane. Um, so for VegFest LA, we're doing virtual VegFest the last Sunday of every month. And this month, we're focusing on supporting your vegan, your local vegan restaurant. So we're going to have a panel and we're going to have everyone make a couple minute video of their favorite dishes in their restaurant. And we're really going to push the brick and mortar local vegan restaurants because it's it really is an emergency right now. We need to bring awareness. And with the support and feed that that's really important. And new day, new chef. I that was really um, Jane. Uh, has an amazing show, New Day, New Chef. We need to bring awareness. So if we are going online, we need to be talking about that um, and supporting them so much right now. Uh, vegan, go ahead, Jenny. Yeah, I also have an idea called Vegan Week, where it's small events that you dedicate an entire week, and every day there's at least one or two events. And then, like, let's say Trader Joe's, for example, you know, I don't know how many Trader Joe's there are in L.A., but probably a bunch. So you have a designated leader at every Trader Joe's on Monday night at 7 p.m. And a, the first 10 people who show up can go on this socially distanced tour of, of Trader Joe's and point out all the vegan products. Or here's what I like to combine lentils and bruschetta sauce to make a really nice bruschetta or um, but like small like, but having that party type of atmosphere, like you mentioned, Jade, having a super fun social event where, okay, and tomorrow night we're all going to meet at this restaurant. This night we're all going to go for a cheese demo. And, but, you know, basically small 10 person groups, but concentrated yeah. on vegan week. So you can market it. That's part of the veg fest is the marketing. And even those people who don't go to the veg fest, they see the posters, they see the ads in the papers. That's part of getting the message out, even if they don't attend. Well, we know that this crisis has been brought on by our abuse of animals. Um, conspiracy theories aside, it sprang up in a wet market in China, just like the SARS uh, virus started in a wet market in another province in China. And it's not China alone. It's the abuse of animals, uh, mad cow disease, was not in China. That was obviously from our abuse of cows in the factory farm system. We have the swine flu that has just cropped up again. It's he making headlines. We also have the avian flu. What are we gonna do to make people wake up to realize that 7.8 billion humans can't eat 10,000 animals each without destroying the planet, destroying the, the habitats that these animals live in, to create cattle grazing land to grow crops when 70% or more of all soy produced is fed to farmed animals. We're contributing to world hunger where a study just came out today on the headline of Yahoo News that eating plant-based and getting rid of meat and dairy radically reduces your chance of getting heart disease when uh, the World Health Organization has officially determined that processed meat is cancer-causing what can we do to wake people up? Now, some of the intellectuals are writing articles in Vox and the New York Times talking about all this, but it doesn't seem to break through. VegFest were one of the key ways we broke through. So um, we've got a caller, Paige, your question or thought? Paige Parsons Roach. 
Alexis Page. I just want to thank everybody for being on the panel, and I, I just want to take a moment to thank all the hardworking VegFest creators out there. And I know that, you know, there's probably many of them that are, that are challenged and struggling, and maybe they were making a full-time business putting on these events. So I just want to give a shout-out, um, a huge shout-out for all the hard work, because I'm an attender, and I've just loved connecting. It actually brings tears to my eyes. And so I, I actually have a question for Joshua over there. I wanted to see, Joshua, you know, you travel the country for VegFest, and what are you seeing? What, what way of which can we connect people who are pre-vegan? You know, I see these solutions for vegans, and I see some for pre-vegans, but I'm thinking across the nation, how can we connect to them and reach out and hold their hands at like a VegFest feeling? Josh. That's a great question. Um, well, it's going to start in our back homes, that backyard home, backyards, basically. Uh, uh, we have to, as vegans, start to shine more. Uh, I never went vegan. I went vegetarian and started going vegetarian in 92. Finally, went full veggie in 95. And then it was 2013 that I actually went vegan. And the reason was I had never met a, a nice vegan. I'd, I never really met a vegan. I didn't have a positive vegan role model. So... You know, we really need to start connecting in our communities. Uh, you know, we don't have to have large events, but just talk to the people you already know and just be this beacon of kindness and light. Uh, I have helped hundreds of people go vegan over the years simply because I, I don't scare them. <laughs> and so it's just pretty easy. I mean, I've, I found it pretty easy to help people uh on the path. Um, and you know, sometimes they fall off and that's okay. Uh, nobody's perfect. Everyone makes mistakes. And then you just support them no matter where they are along their process. You continue to love and support them. Even if they stop being vegan for a while. I mean, the reality is we're all, we all started vegan when we were born and we're all going to die vegan. <laughs> you know, at, at one point we, we, we go back to the earth. <laughs> so that's kind of my own thoughts on it. Uh, so I just believe really connecting and loving your friends, anyone who is not vegan today, uh, they're, you know, most, almost everyone I know is veg curious. Uh, almost everyone I know loves my vegan food when I produce it. <laughs> I bring, you know, I, I regularly go to non-vegan events and uh, I just do my best to bring things that people are going to enjoy, which starts conversations. Uh, again, a lot of what I'm talking about is interconnecting with people in person. Uh, so, I mean, if, if you can't do that, uh, you know, talk to people online and just do your best to not push, just be well, loving. Yeah. Okay. I think that you are a very loving person. Joshua. Awesome. I like it. I'm a little on the feistier side. Um, <laughs> And I was shamed into going vegan uh, by uh, Howard Lyman, a fourth generation cattle rancher who had gone vegan. And she's the one who famously went on Oprah and she said, that's just stopped me cold from eating another burger. And uh, he came up to me and said, uh, I hear you're a vegetarian. And I said, yes. And he said, do you eat dairy? And I said, yes. And he went, liquid meat, right to my nose. And I went vegan, boom. So sometimes confrontation works. It depends on who you're dealing with. 
It um, takes all approaches. It takes everybody. I have friends who went vegan because they saw the horrific factory farming slaughterhouse videos. Some people were yelled at and some people were welcomed with spirituality and love. I think it takes every angle because everybody's different. And, and so you've got to hit them in a different way. And one of the things I'd like to say, it takes repetition. That's why mm -hmm. what we're doing right now is so important. You know, the advertisers are out there every day, subliminally equating eating animals with sex appeal, masculinity, even though it gives you erectile dysfunction, um, patriotism, keeping up with the Joneses, all of this nonsense. As Arnold Schwarzenegger says, it's a marketing scheme. It's just marketing and that's brainwashing. So well, what you have to do is, is provide that alternative. Well, we can market back and we can brainwash back. We have the truth on our side. And I, I, I'm sort of a hybrid, I think, of Jane, Joshua, and Melissa in this way. Uh, I have a marketing and sales background. And, you know, those, that one-liner that Lyman gave to you, Jane, that, that penetrated, that got right in there. Um, I think we all want to think about our own one-liners that really ring true for us. That, you know, if shame works for you, then keep shaming. If, if love works for you, keep loving. Um, for me, you know, it was literally, I found out that vegetarians and now vegans, you know, 10 to 15 years longer lifespan, 10 to 15 years, that works for me. So some people say, oh, why are you, vegan? oh, I found out that I would live 10 to 15 years longer just by not eating certain things. That's one, one way to, or, um, you know, the environment, I think, just from my experience of doing large events, both the VegFest, but other events that were not vegan related, but that I brought vegan, I made it into an event that was only vegan food. And my experiences with dealing with the non-vegans in those arenas, what made me learn, what I learned from that was the argument for the environment is the single argument that a, it's sort of like watching, watching how humanity is reacting to COVID. We're all in this together. We're all in the same boat. We're, we all have to handle this together. And that's the same message for the environment. So if we're going to market, we can market back with, with clever one-liners like Howard Lyman gave you, you know, liquid meat or, um, you know, just knowing what we want to say to people succinctly with repetition is so key. That's so important. We've got another caller on hold. Lisa, your question or thought, Lisa. Hi, Jane. Um, I, I think at this point it's going to be a while before, it may be a year or two before we're back to face-to-face -face veg fest, which is very, very sad. But we have, to, we have to be successful and we have to pivot. So I think the only way we can do that is virtually. And I love Melissa's idea about having a mini veg fest every month. I think that's great. And I would suggest, I actually put a comment on the comments here, but I'd like to see it um, target different, po different populations of people. One could be focused on high school students and kids that love animals. And, and, you know, we would have the advantage of being able to show videos and, you know, you know, short edited videos, things that would be much more difficult to do at a veg fest in sunlight. So we really could possibly educate lots of people about um, so many of the subjects. Uh, we could do ones on, you know, inc you know, incredible lunches and dinners and make one focused on cooking. Um, there are all kinds of topics that we can do. Kids who love animals, what you can do, how to support the sanctuary movement and feature a bunch of different sanctuaries that would be part of a veg fest. 
So, uh, you know, I think this could maybe be a blessing in disguise, and we could educate a lot of people in the meantime until we're able to get back to face-to-face. Thank you, Lisa Carlin. Yeah, I think we need to really get creative about solutions right now. We can't lose our momentum. We don't want to, we've had such incredible momentum going into COVID. Uh, go ahead, Melissa. I'm so excited Lisa said that because that's what we're going to do is a different theme. So this month, it's an emergency. We need to support our local vegan restaurants. Next month, right before the kids are going to school, if they're going to school, um, we're doing a kids theme. So it's going to be magicians and clowns. It's going to be really fun, but for the parents too. And to have the discussion, a panel, like what are we going to do with the future of our kids and keeping them vegan and, and keeping them at home entertained. And then the next month, we're going to feature fake, um, which is all fashion, vegan fashion. We're going to have a full-on runway show. It's going to be so much fun. So every month, we're going to focus um, on different targets. So, yeah, it's going to be a – and I think sanctuaries is a really good one. Um, we'll do yeah. that for sure. Uh, well, look at the sanctuary. I think that, yes, virtual – even though it's saturated, I think you just hit on something, Melissa. It's making the virtuals like must-watch events. So sanctuaries. Sanctuaries are in crisis as well. They take animals in. Wow. Uh, we just were involved with uh, rescuing uh, uh, 634 hens that were supposed to be depopulated, which is not euthanasia because there's backlogs in the slaughter industry because uh, slaughterhouse workers are uh, coming down with COVID-19 uh, approximately 95 have died. 26,000 are infected that we know of. These are according to published reports have turned up positive. Um, it's very hard to maintain social distancing in slaughterhouses. We started a boycott meat campaign uh, with uh, some workers' rights advocates in Iowa because these workers are being falsely described as essential workers and basically sent to their deaths so somebody can have a chicken wing because that's what they feel like having instead of having a buffalo cauliflower wing, which is better for them, better for the planet, and certainly better for the animal and won't cause a slaughterhouse worker to die. So uh, anyway, yes, I work with a bunch of sanctuaries that came together really fast and effectively to rescue approximately 700, 634 to 700 chickens, hens that were supposed to be depopulated, which is a horrific a horrific process, the farmer reached out. He was supposed to depopulate and he didn't want to. Uh, these are animals he raised and, and he reached out to the activists and helped them remove the hens to the trucks and called it himself a liberation. He himself called it a liberation. So while terrible things are happening and it's challenging to get our veg fests out, there's also a break in the system. The slaughterhouses are clearly now making news because they are hotbeds of coronavirus. And people are raising the issue. Well, if people who have coronavirus are cutting up the meat and sweating on the meat, could the meat be contaminated? And this is a genuine question that has now been brought up um, because they just found that uh, there was some shrimp that was contaminated with COVID-19. Uh, so... Uh, there's that. There's the fact that the farmers are now having crisis. They're waking up and saying, I don't want to kill uh, uh, my animals. It's a, it's a lot easier to wave goodbye to your animals and put them on a truck and say bye to have to, than to have to kill them yourself. So a lot of farmers want out. They want out. This is a mess, this industry. It is absolutely a mess. And so we have to look at the positive aspects of COVID-19 
and try to, you know, expound on those, give ranchers and farmers a chance to get out of this terrible industry, uh, which a lot of them want to. They're being factory farmed too. They are literally serfs to the overlords of maybe half a dozen consolidated ginormous corporations, two of which are not even American, one's Brazilian owned and one's Chinese owned, that are the basically the meat packing giants that set the agenda, set the prices. Uh, I read yesterday that a lot of these farmers don't even know what price they're gonna get per animal till after they ship them off. They're making pennies in many cases per animal. It's, it's a nightmare. And so there's all that. Dairy is circling the drain because kids are not being force-fed dairy uh, because they're not in school. And, and p- consumers are choosing uh, soy milk, uh, cashew milk, rice milk, oat milk, hemp milk, yada, 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 almond milk. And so one of the reasons why the government, which is totally in bed with animal agriculture, wants kids to go back to school, one of the key reasons is they want to feed them that milk. Because right now, the only thing that is keeping dairy alive are the government subsidies. We taxpayers have to spend our hard-earned money supporting an industry that people don't want anymore and that is bad for us. So, Jenny Jones, your take on that. Well, I really enjoy and appreciate what Connie Spence is doing with her her program to fund lobbying in this uh, in this arena to possibly dismantle the farm bill. I think that is a that is a positive of this pandemic is that people are looking at the structures that be the status quo and saying, hmm, uh, maybe things aren't you know, we've really been watching a deconstruction of our government over the past few years. I won't get into the details on that. We all know and have been watching. But, you know, the, the silver lining of that is we can look at uh, the ways that change happens and that change can happen and that the old, old ways maybe aren't the ways that we want to continue. For example, Black Lives Matter. So we're getting to look at, again, um, this problem, this, um, this um, disease that is the status quo in our country, more or less where you know people are not being treated equally people are being discriminated against it's the, it's the same brain the brain that is into domination oppression and exploitation goes you know cuts across it's a it's a it's a big broad sweeping brush stroke that also oppresses and capitalizes on and takes advantage of animals and exploits them for profit and it's just this idea that we can dominate and kind of going back to Joshua's uh, point of view, you know, it's it's not love based. This, you know, if you want to quote John Lennon, all we need is love. If we consider how can I love love my neighbor, how can I be kind, how can I be a better person on this planet? You know, I've been watching this whole pandemic on play, and I'm I'm quite frankly really surprised at how I'm just I'm learning a lot about the majority and human nature. And I have to say, it's, it's caused me to pause and ponder myself about, wow, what is, what is the right approach, Jane? Because what we see is that people are responding to fear. People are responding to self-preservation. People are responding to panic under the guise of we're all in this together. It's really quite complicated and interesting um, to, to watch. So um, back to this idea that 
um, you know, it's these, um, it, it's just, it's the system. It's, it's the system that we have in place. I think what you're saying is that the system is breaking apart and we're Correct. in a time of confusion and crisis. You know, uh, Joshua, uh, I've been watching this series on Amazon, which is, of course, where we have our support and feed show. So go to Amazon, just put in support and feed, it comes up. And we shot it during the pandemic. We had to uh, get creative because we had to have a contactless studio. We used six robotic cameras. Our uh, executive producer, Eamon McChrystal, did an amazing job. I co-hosted right here from this spot on Zoom. We had incredible co-hosts like Leslie Nickel, who plays the chef on Downton Abbey, and uh, Elaine Hendricks, who's Alexis Carrington on Dynasty, and all of these incredible people. Um, we made it happen. We were creative, and it turned out great. Uh, but this is a time of con confusion and crisis, and one of the other shows I'm watching on Amazon Prime is The Black Death, which is a series uh, in The Great Courses that outlines the plague that destroyed, literally killed half the people in Europe in the 14th century. And it, there's so many parallels to what's happening today. You know, this is when the flagellants came up where they would go through March and they, they'd whip themselves. And they thought maybe if they punished themselves in public that God would show mercy. Um, you have the hair shirts coming up. Uh, you have uh, people who would dance in the streets in the town. They'd get the whole town together and start dancing, thinking maybe that would, maybe that would uh, scare off the evil vibes. You had the top doctors in Paris at the, the main university, the, the, the pinnacle of medical knowledge at the time, saying that it was because of the alignments of the planets. And uh, the, the professor is very, is very humorous. She has a great sense of humor. She said, yeah, there's hundreds of pages. It's very, very interesting. Of course, it's all nonsense. And so you have this whole idea that the, the experts who think they know it all know absolutely nothing. And I mean, look what's happened to us. First, they said, don't wear masks. And then all of a sudden, you got to wear masks. I mean, it's changing very rapidly. Personally, I'm self-quarantining. I go out to walk my dogs, and that's it. When I'm out, I wear a mask. I am not interested in getting sick or dying uh, because of this virus. I'm playing it safe, and I urge everyone to do so. Uh, but Josh, oh, what, do you, what do you make of this time of chaos and confusion? Uh, we've got a minute before the break. Okay. I think that this is just a, a reorder of everything because things were very disordered uh, before we fell into this moment. So, you know, everything feels scary, but everything has to come apart before we can rebuild. And truthfully, everything always falls apart. That's part of the universe. Like nothing can stay in order forever. It has to fall apart and re be rebuilt. I mean, we don't even know how many times our, you know, our whole solar system or our universe has been rebuilt. You know, everything grows out, everything comes back together. And that's just a part of the universe. So, you know, my, my take is doing your best to, even though you be safe, but don't let fear overtake you and continue to take this time to reflect and heal. This is a great time to just work on yourself and grow as a human being. And there's all kinds of things that we can do uh, during this time to become uh, our best selves. I love it. And I love your peaceful vibe. Well said. Hey, I'll have what you're having. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got to take a short break. We're going to take a break on Voice America Radio. 
sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance, featuring Dan Clark, the modern-day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influence channel the voice america talk radio network is on instagram make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows live events and around the network we want to see what you have to share as well check us out on instagram at voice america talk radio we don't follow we lead join us the voice america influencers channel You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right. Uh, Jane Velez Mitchell here. We are on Voice America Radio brainstorming about how to keep the skyrocketing vegan movement going in the midst of COVID when some of our best vehicles for um, opening people up to the joys of plant-based living and the necessity that we all as a society switch to plant-based have been put on ice because of COVID-19. Jenny Jones is uh, one of the founders and leads a great team on Central Coast VegFest. Melissa Breslow and Joshua Awesome are with VegFest LA as am I. And uh, Josh does a whole bunch of other VegFest. So you said your your mind was swimming Melissa, take it away. Yeah, I, I actually want to, I have so many ideas to target different people um, and different, to have different themes constantly to get different people involved. But I like something Josh said earlier about you have all these people with all this extra time. And I think it's so important. And Jane, you asked earlier, like, how can we make the big change and like get everybody to shift? I think it's important to get vegans to shift to vegan activists. Earthling Ed always tells this story about how there's a man with a stick and he's about, he says it so well. I'm not going to say it as well as he does, but there's a man with a stick and there's another stick. He says, hey, you want to beat this dog to death with me? And the other guy says, yeah, let's do it. And they do it together. That's a meat eater. And then he says, hey, you want to pick up that stick and beat beat the dog with me? And the guy says, no, I'll just watch. That's being a vegan. And then the scenario where the guy says, hey, you want to pick up that stick and beat the dog with me? And he says, no, and I'm not going to let you do it either. 
And that's being a vegan activist. So we all need to stand up and we all need to use our voices in whatever way that is for you. Everybody needs to find their own niche, what, what is right for them. But we need to be spreading this message and to be loud about it and to not let it go on and to sh- it's, it's shameful. It needs to stop now. This pandemic is because of animal abuse and the way we eat, treat animals. It's been going on forever. All these scientists say that this, I had no idea. I was clueless. But they said that this was coming. They, Bill Gates, everybody says this is coming. And it's coming again and again and again. And so it needs to stop now. Yeah, and I always like to give a shout out to Tacey Trump and Andrew in the control room. Thank you, Voice America, for letting us have this discussion because it's not being had on mainstream media, although there are some articles now popping up in the New York Times. There was an amazing article just yesterday uh, or the day before in the New York Times saying that we will look back on this era of um, an opinion piece. Uh, we will look back on this era of industrialized torture of billions of animals with shame the way we look back now on other horrors that we say, how could people have stood by and let something like that happen? You know, the only thing required for evil to triumph is for good people to do nothing. I didn't make that up. That's a famous quote. So Jenny Jones, um, yes, we need people, like all four of us are like super activists. Uh, now, I don't mean like, oh, we're super, you know, I mean that we're constantly doing things. Uh, Joshua works with dozens of vegan uh, companies and vegan uh, veg fests, et cetera, and also Jane Unchained. Uh, Melissa, you're doing constant, constant. In other words, we need to activate people to be as active as those of us here and the people and the many other people who are active, but we need the millions of vegans who are just vegan to become vegan activists, Jenny. It's very simple, you know, and as Melissa said, to do something, whatever that is for you personally. Okay, for example, you know, this is small, but it's big because as Josh mentioned, it just takes knowing one person who seems semi-cool or semi-approachable or just even from a distance, oh, they seem not likable or I wouldn't mind that or oh they're vegan over there so we put a, a license plate on our big vehicle we have a big motorhome now we're about to take off and it's to, to go into this forest not into community we're going to distance in the forest and it says vegan on it so as we drive that vehicle people everyone looks at this vehicle because it's so but um you know it's a vegan license plate with vegetables and fruits that's small that's something small you can do to wear a t-shirt, put a sticker on. But you know, I was really surprised when I met with my husband's nephew and his wife. And you know, we've known these people, not closely, but they, and I don't know how they were or how they got towards going plant-based, but we were, they came came to help take care of my mother-in-law. Uh, who needs help right now. She doesn't have COVID, but she's she's on bed rest. Anyway, they brought all their stuff. And guess what their stuff was? Plant-based stuff. And it was cooked. I said, how long have you guys been exploring this? Oh, about six months. How they're exploring and learning about veganism is by buying cookbooks. So that was a really interesting thing that I, you know, that's, that's their resource. They didn't think to call us. They didn't think to, I don't know what, they didn't say we went to a veg fest. They said, yeah, we just started getting interested. We realized that um, we weren't feeling so good. 
So it, it's a lot of different ways of, but the, you know, the story about the stick, uh, you know, it's funny because a lot of times though people take, go, um, yeah, I'll take that stick and I will beat you with it. <laughs> so I thought this, I thought the joke was going to go. Um, yeah. Let me, I'm, let me I'm jump not, in and say that it's very important for us to get vegans to be active and not just to be vegans. So we have two things that we several things because this is a brainstorming session right so yes we're going to continue to do our virtual veg fest we're going to make them more imaginative and melissa you've outlined the ways you're going to do that we are also going to uh form communities online like plantbasedneighbor.com which i urge everybody who's watching to sign up you don't even need to be vegan we have three tiers we have vegan we have on the journey and we have veg curious so we don't want to be an exclusive club we want everybody i am on it i love it and i love that you can have businesses on it as well yes and one of the things that we're trying to do is encourage the veganomy so as as covid hopefully gets into a position where we may be able to get our hair cut again <laughs> i definitely need some help because uh, I did cut my hair myself and it was pretty terrifying. But the point is that I'm going to be looking for, and I've already found it, a vegan hairdresser. I want a vegan handyman who I've already found. These are people not coming in my home now and I'm not going to their shops now because of COVID. But we need to create that web now so that we encourage the veganomy. Um, the veganomy is that we give our money to people who are not going to use it to kill animals. So for example, I have a vegan uh, bookkeeper for Jane Unchained. Um, my accountant happens to be vegetarian. Uh, if we start funneling our money that way, then um, we can gain power, the power of the purse. Uh, yeah, and, every, and if people don't know this already, when you shop on Amazon, if you just switch over to Amazon Smile, so when you click in, it's Amazon, you just smile, and you can pick an animal rights organization or any type of organization. And, you know, just by shopping online, you're sending money to organizations that are using that money for activism purposes. That's a really easy way to to be a maybe once removed activist, but at least you are using your dollars towards the cause and towards changing the system. That's what you're talking about, Jane. It's a supply and demand system that we have in this country. It is dismantling. We are looking at it more closely. And you can think in terms of how do I want to be an activist? Do I want to work on the supply side or the demand side? The demand side is encouraging people to be vegan, pointing out the reasons to be vegan, uh, having those one-liners. So, you know, when I meet a vegetarian, I just casually say it's kind of like the Howard Lyman, you know, it's a little bit of a sting, but I say, gosh, you know, I was vegetarian for 10 years and now I don't even know why I wasted my time with that because you don't get really any of the benefits of veganism by being vegetarian. You know, kind of a little bit of shame, but not a whole lot. You know, just trying to um, speak and be an example of but that. Is I want to say something. I want to jump in. We're 7.8 billion human beings. There are too many people on this planet for us to talk to everybody individually. This is why I started Jane Unchained. We need to use social media. And I have zero tolerance for vegans who are like, oh, I don't like Facebook. Oh, I don't like Instagram. Oh, I don't. No, these are our vehicles, especially now that we've been robbed of some of the key vehicles like the Veg Fest, okay? Natural Products Expo West. 
here in Anaheim, the most incredible, ginormous at the Anaheim Convention Center collection of vegan products. Now, it's not 100% vegan, but it's getting veganer, more vegan every year. And it, it just blows your mind when you go in there. You're like, this is the future. Hundreds of thousands of people packed in with thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of vegan uh, products. Yeah, there are, you know, those the outliers with the animal products, but they're getting smaller and the vegan products are getting bigger. They had to uh, cancel this year. What a tragedy. However, look at it this way. People are buying vegan products. They're ordering in vegan products more than ever before from the grocery store. Okay, because they're afraid with good reason of eating animal products since the slaughterhouses have become vectors and hotspots and hotbeds of COVID-19. So uh, we're getting to the end. Uh, I want to get some uh, final thoughts. Let's uh, let's get Josh in here. Yeah, I was just going to share about a project that actually Jane and I are working on, which is the Live Kind Festival. And uh, so originally Spokane Veg Fest was supposed to happen in a week. And, uh, I, you know, things are crazy. So, um, we have moved that into September and the Lifkind Festival is going to be producing and sharing 12 events a day for an entire week. Um, right now we're slating for the second week of September, but every day we'll start with an hour of meditation, uh, at 7am movement at Eight. We're going to have all different types of movement, African dance, yoga, everything you can imagine. Um, and then there's going to be plant saving hour where we're going to talk about animal and environmental nonprofits and kind of more veganist stuff. Uh, at 12, Jane and Chains will be doing the lunch break live every day. Uh, at one o'clock, we're going to have different counselors and therapists talking about how to heal from trauma. At uh, two o'clock, we have an afternoon meditation and siesta. Three o'clock will be the Black and Native Power Hour. So we're going to talk about, you know, the politics and what's going on with our world, Black Lives Matter and, you know, LGBTQ, all of that racial and just uncool stuff that's going on. We're going to just discuss how to make a better world there. Five o'clock, we're going to have uh, dinner with the chef every night. Uh, and then at six, we're going to have an hour just talking about the power of gratitude and love. Uh, seven will be a presentation every night and then eight 30 or eight ish. We're going to have a music and party. So different band will be playing every night and then we'll have a night nighttime meditation and siesta. So very long day. It's kind of like adult day camp. Uh, people can jump to any one that they want, but it's very power packed. Uh, it's an organization called the uh, Kind Living Collective is producing that, and we're working with any VegFest, any organization. Basically, I'm just connecting with all of the VegFests that we, uh, you know, I'm already connected with, and I'm grabbing more, and we're just going to create this amazing world-changing event. I think this is incredible. We have less than a minute to close. I want to thank all of you. You guys give me hope. I am crushed because I used to look so forward to going to VegFest LA, to driving up to the Central Coast VegFest. We had such fun. You know, this is a fun lifestyle. We are happy people because they know now that your gut biome, which affects your serotonin levels, uh, is negatively affected by uh, eating uh, carcasses and that you can just literally include increase your joy by going plant-based. So many people are on pills for depression. Just eat fruits and vegetables, people. 
Um, and uh, so we have we we have creativity. We have determination. I know everybody on this panel is relentless, absolutely relentless. And I love you all. Uh, I am so excited to see all of your creations. And um, we will meet you again virtually. And then when this horrific, horrific uh, pandemic is over, and hopefully we've evolved it as, as a species, we will meet in person. I love you again. Bye. Love you. Thank Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.